Hey everyone, this is Ryan O'Hara, and I just want to give you a heads up. We recorded this podcast at the end of April, and we had delays with stuff. The video files didn't work. I don't know what we were going to do with this, but we're going to put it up on the podcast feed today, and this is going to be the episode for this week. Um, this episode features Arthur Shaligan and Mohit Asana. Both of them at the time were working at Adverity. I said that correctly, right? Adverity. Um and Arthur's now moved on. He's working over at Zoom. So you're going to hear some stuff on here that might be a little dated with what, where they're working, but the information here regardless is really useful. If you want to learn about social selling and brand building, you want to listen to this episode. This is going to be a good one. Let's get the intro kicked off and then we'll jump in. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Prospecting Podcast brought to you by Lead IQ. If you're looking for a podcast that talks about sales, building pipeline, and creating a positive buying experience for your buyers, you've come to the right place. You know what else is cool? If you're an SDR, BDR, AE, and you don't want to do data entry anymore, you should go check out LeadIQ. You can go to leadiq.com and make a free account right now. It'll let you capture prospects from LinkedIn Sales Navigator into your favorite sales tools in one click. No more data entry, baby. If you manage people or are responsible for building pipeline, shoot an email over to sales and using the subject podcast, and we'll give your whole team a God account to test it out. Let's dive into some prospecting, shall we? Welcome to whatever the hell this thing is. Is it a podcast? Is it a video? I don't know what we're going to do, but we're doing a little prospecting jam session thing here um, with Mohit and Arthur. What's up, guys? Do you want to? Do you guys want to do intros really quick and tell people who you are? Sure, sure. So right now, I'm an account executive over at a Martech uh, company called Adverity. Previously, I did have uh, a history as a marketer. I created what's essentially a publishing company. We grew on Facebook to about six hundred thousand followers in the span of a year without a lot of paid ads. And then we grew that publishing company to about, I want to say 8 million uh, pages per month. So I've had some background as a marketer, had some endeavors in uh, tech sales, and I love tech sales. Dude, I got to pick your brain about how you got that many people to follow your, your page and do that stuff afterward. We'll dive into that. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. All right. <laughs> Arthur, Take us home. What's up with you these days? Yeah. So uh, right now I was actually working with Mohit briefly and longer prior before at SurveyMonkey. We came up as BDRs and AEs. So we go way back. Right now, a freelance sales rep for a company called Within Health. It's a radiology engagement platform. It all automates a lot of the follow-up. But I'm just the kid from Brooklyn, as I tell people. And I started from corporate law and I made it to the fun side of things, which is tech sales and love it. Definitely never going back. (laughs) I I did not know that you did corporate law. Does that mean, did you go to law school? Yes. And as Jay-Z says, I ain't past the bar, but I know a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. That's awesome. Well, while you're doing freelance stuff, it might not be a bad idea to like look at like some companies that maybe do legal stuff, right? Have, have you ever played around with that? I have, I have. I don't want to sell to lawyers. Um, <laughs> so it's a 30 minute conversation in and of itself. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that could turn into it. All right. So one of the things we wanted to talk about this hour that we're all hanging out and talking is what are some ways that you guys do brand building using LinkedIn is kind of one of those channels. Apparently Mohit's dropping some bombs on us about Facebook now. Tell us the story about that. I want to hear that a little bit. We started back in 2017, um, but Facebook's sort of like the genesis of social media, right? So you have to um, look at how 
how yep. like you have to look at the algorithm, right? So at first in like 2011 to 2015, it was all about Facebook pages and how like your newsfeed was just cluttered with that. And then in 2017, 2018, the algorithm started to shift where it was more towards like family and friends, your personal newsfeed and groups as well. Since then, they've also had a a string of like, oh, they tried yep, to pivot yep. to video. They were trying to compete with YouTube with Facebook Watch. They had tried to compete with um, uh, Google AMP, which is uh, accelerated mobile pages, I, I want to say. But they basically wanted everyone to stay within the Facebook platform. And right now with iOS 15, they're encouraging a lot of merchants to stay within Facebook shops. And now on Instagram, now on WhatsApp, a lot of the commerce is being encouraged within the app itself. So you have to understand the way that these platforms are thinking. They don't want you to leave because in this way, they don't exactly have track. When we originally started Illumably Media, my friend Rishi currently still runs it. Uh, he's pivoted over to, to a YouTube studio. Um, when we first started, our goal was just to uplift viewers and create a lot of like just positive stories. So we would release a lot of like listicles, articles, on um, a lot of DIY stuff, like positivity, animals, stuff like that. And um, we grew, and we started to post videos as a way to drive traffic to our page. And then from the page, we would link the article in the comments or uh, below everything, below all the text. And then we would get paid on AdSense and so on and so forth. So honestly, we just made some banger videos back in the day. And I think the highest one got to about 80 million views um, until it got DMCA'd. Mm. Oh, no. DMCA. Nah, you got a copyright strike. Uh, Damn. Arthur knows a lot about me. that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Trigger. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, let's, let's talk about something for a second. Um, if you're a marketer listening to this or maybe an SDR trying to build your brand online or an AE trying to build your brand with your customers, um, you got to start thinking about what these companies want. I'll give you a really good example, right? LinkedIn. I, I've done a pretty decent job with trying to build my brand on LinkedIn a little bit. Maza has too. Um, you guys you guys are and, and doing a great job too, obviously. Um, that's how we found you in the first place. But um, one of the things that I've noticed is that you got to think about like what LinkedIn wants, right? Just like you were talking about with Facebook. Mm-hmm. For example, notice that people don't, on your newsfeed, if you look on LinkedIn, how many posts do you see that are taking you to a link? Right, LinkedIn doesn't make any money if you leave LinkedIn. They make money they want on you. you. To stay. Yeah, they want you to <laughs> see their jobs. They want you to see their advertisements. They want to see mm-hmm. the paid promoted post. The second that you leave their site, you they lose data on you and they lose value on you. And that's that's kind of a good way of thinking about some brand building one hundred and one on LinkedIn. Do mm-hmm. you do you mind if I uh, add something, Ryan? Of course, sure. that's why I stopped talking. Sure, sure. So, <laughs> so, that's a rarity. The LinkedIn algorithm right now is where I see Facebook like back in 2015, 2016, because they're encouraging you to post. Like they had uh, stories, I want to say. Mm. They still have stories. But uh, they're doing that. They're encouraging commenting and then they're encouraging reactions, which Facebook adopted a long time ago and just now like LinkedIn live is becoming a huge thing too. So there's a lot of parallel, like history repeats itself to those who don't study it. Right. Or mm-hmm. I might be butchering the quote, but I've, <laughs> I've literally been, I've, I've observed it. I've kind of gotten screwed over by Facebook before. And so, I mean, 
understand where the algorithm is going from what I've talked to from some people that I've talked to, they've encouraged LinkedIn polls as well yeah. uh, because it'll show up on your newsfeed. And as a result, it'll drive more uh, eyeballs. What I've been seeing a lot is actually a lot of just straight up text content. People would literally yeah. write a post. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Josh Braun, for example, he is posting every day. This dude is viral. He just, he's a guy from Florida <laughs> who's slowly balding and just writing uh, things about how he talks to his plumber or yeah. the guy who does his grass and talks and has an angle uh, kind of like YouTube creators or Facebook creators and TikTok creators have an angle. And I think you're really being rewarded for original content that stays within the platform. That's what I'm hearing from Mohit. That's completely true. Cause the moment they get like the, the whole thing of like tracking and cookie, like since cookies are getting deprecated, it's, it's harder for people to track. So that's why marketers need like so, solutions. I don't mean to pitch my product, but like there's, <laughs> there's a, the issue is that it's becoming really hard to track, um, where all of your stuff is going, where all of your, um, for like one central, one central, like source of truth, if you will, of like, what are, what's performing best. Um, and my advice is find a platform and stick to it and grow. So here's a question for you. Yeah. I kind of rambled. Do you, do you guys think, do you guys think that, um, the chan- what channel should you be on? That's kind of always a fun question for brand building. Oof. <laughs> it, it depends. It depends on whatever you're trying to do, and you should try and fit content to that to that particular platform. So, like uh, TikTok just invented stories, right? And I mean, should you do it? Yes, obviously. Like the moment that's a platform has a new feature, you should definitely be all over that. Um, the way that Twitter works is very different from the way that Facebook works. Facebook has like a lot of um, like now I see it's like a lot of long form stuff in like Facebook groups. You want to lead with value. Facebook ads are becoming not as effective anymore. If you're going on Instagram, a lot of it should be like video or photo content, maybe some like infographics. So it really depends on who your ICP is, what sort of content is popular on that. And you should see some of the most popular creators, maybe even reach out to them and have a conversation to see what's working with them. And just to add to what Mohit was saying, I think it really depends on who, you, what you're doing in the sense of who's reading your stuff. How do they consume it? Are, do they consume it through video? Do they consume it through text? Do they like photos? Are your the people you're trying to reach sellers like Mohit and I are who have the ex- a very short attention span and probably are doom scrolling for hours? Or are you trying to reach you know, maybe somebody who's more technical, who actually takes the time out of the day to watch the video or to read through the post. It kind of depends. You got to do both and you got to keep testing. I remember early on on LinkedIn, when I first got into prospecting, LinkedIn groups were a thing. Like, it's funny, you'll see things phase in and phase out. Um, When I was a BDR, I made a group on LinkedIn um, that I basically made an exclusive group for people that have the top traffic on the internet. Really? And that's because that's who I was targeting. It was called the DNS high roller society. Nice. And I would, I had like this, my, my graphic was a guy with like, you know, those old like big wheel bikes from oh like the gosh. 19th century. Oh, like, uh, like, I had like low, low, low riders. 
Yeah, yeah. I had one, I had one of the well, not the children ones, not the ones that children ride, like the ones that are like the handlebar mustache guy, like Marr! like yeah. you know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So I um I made a LinkedIn group and I basically invited these people, these executives at companies that had top performing traffic. I just mm. worked back in the day, a lot of people we always drop some fun, cool stories here, right? We're hanging out. Um Alexa before that's gonna go off in my kitchen now, but Alexa, before Amazon bought uh, Alexa, Alexa.com used to be a service that would tell you web rankings and mm-hmm. it would tell you what a website's ranking was. They actually use that to build the AI for Alexa, the thing that we now use. So um, I'm waiting for it to yell at me in the background. Um, <laughs> stupid Amazon. Anyway, just kidding. Amazon's cool. I think if you guys use us, we like you. Just kidding. Um, anyway, but um, please don't kill me. <laughs> Arthur, Arthur told me to say it. No, no, no. But I just, yeah, please machines, please machines don't destroy me. Um, but you would, you could see a phase and a, a development of stuff. Another thing was like, for me, for example, I started building my brand on LinkedIn heavily and really focusing on it right when LinkedIn video was coming out. And for a long time, your feed was fed with that. And it's very similar to like, basically what happens in business is it follows what happened on the consumer side two or three years later. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm saying of like, look at what's happening to Facebook and then apply that stuff to LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Like Facebook groups are a huge thing. I mean, I, I use Facebook groups for other endeavors that I have, but like the amount of like, People think Facebook's mainly just B2C, which it is, but it's also some B2B. It really depends on Facebook groups. Um, I mean, I've seen like people on Instagram too, like they'll use Instagram for like B2B as well, but it really depends on what sort of business you're going after. But LinkedIn, yeah, as as you said, Ryan, like it's it's all about imitating what the what Facebook and Instagram are doing. Yeah, and they they've failed at some things too. Like they tried stories for a little while and it didn't work. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the live stream stuff's cool. Like it's interesting. I what I found is when we do live streams, we don't get nearly. If I could sit down for, I mean, this would normally be a live stream. For example, if mm-hmm. I could sit down and do fifteen minutes of LinkedIn Live, um, I get way more views just uploading a video afterward instead. Like that's what I've been noticing, at least for us. Like I'll go get like fifteen mm-hmm. or twenty thousand views on a video I put on LinkedIn. If I do a live stream, I'll get two or three hundred, and then I'm like, why does no one like me? Have you considered uploading those uh, clips to TikTok? I actually don't. I, I'm like, I know that there's a big opportunity with TikTok. Um, Huge. I, I early on grabbed the lead IQ handle for TikTok, like when it first came out. Um, we need to do that more. It's definitely something we need to work on here. We're, we're, we're scum. Do you, how do you guys do it when you put stuff on TikTok? Are you, if you're editing something, what, if someone wants to get involved in TikTok because they think their customers might be there, what do you guys do? Look at Corporate Bro. I mean, he is. He's, he's just, him, Corporate Natalie. There's a guy called yeah. Texas. I spend too much time on TikTok. I actually, <laughs> I'm on yes. all social. I am like, my screen time is embarrassing. There are studies that show that you're like damaging your development, your brain for doing this. <laughs> so fingers crossed my brains are already developed, but uh, <laughs> I certainly hope so. <laughs> but I mean, like there are some sellers who, I mean, they may not be building, like they may not be generating leads from it, but they're generating like their personal brand, which could help them in, in like B2B. So there's a couple people called, uh, one of them is called Trent. Trent Dressler or uh, Dessler, he's got a podcast. He's also, but he's pretty famous. There's a guy called Tech Sales Tom. These are both pretty big TikTokers with at least like 
50,000 to like, I think tech sales Plum has like 200,000 um, followers, but you, you look at them and then you look at corporate bro and like scratch pad is doing a really good job of utilizing like Instagram uh, for B2B growth. Actually what they, what I've seen is that they'll reach out to like these sales uh, influencers. Yeah. And they'll like run stories or whatever. And like these sales influencers now, they have an additional stream of income of like, oh, they might have a job posting that's sponsored. And then they'll also post like a lot of advice stuff too. And you never know who's running these pages and where they could lead to. I've gotten a couple of job offers actually from it. That's, yeah. that's, that's exciting. Arthur, you've been, you've been kind of uh, looking at the perspective of, of prospecting off social on LinkedIn and stuff. What do you do when someone interacts with you on LinkedIn? What's your so, game plan? Uh, what I've done is probably a little different than what most people do. I send them a quick and awkward hello video and saying, hey, thanks for connecting. Uh, it's Arthur out here from my bedroom in Brooklyn. Sometimes I wear an ACDC shirt or something funky like that. And I ask them a question about whatever product it is I'm selling. Like, hey, have you thought about this? And the goal here is not to get a meeting, but just to get the conversation started. I'm glad you're wearing a shirt in these videos. I think you'd be on some list if you didn't, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I would be wearing an ACDC shirt. Okay. Okay. Like the band. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Not that I casual. Got you. Not that I got casual. You. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I, I've had some success with, I mean, not meetings, but people responding. So I have a hat that literally says sales hat. <laughs> or, or like sometimes I'll do like, anyway, sales like, hat on like stuff like uh like I'll wear like I'll have like three or four different caps underneath and be like, hey, you know, we're a startup. I wear many different hats, just wanted to formally introduce myself. Uh it's really cheesy, <laughs> but like you have to stick out. Everybody and their mother is saying, yeah. Hey, my name is X and my company does Y. No yeah. one cares. You you yeah. should see you guys should see the videos I sent the people. <laughs> They're really <laughs> ridiculous. Like I literally like have no shame. Um, the only person that has less shame than me is Jeremy Levy at Elite IQ. Like he like. Oh yeah, I remember it was the British. He made like a British video that he posted on like LinkedIn. It's like, dear, from Lead IQ. Oh yeah, I, yeah, that was, I, I, I was Ryan's that. voice. I cut that. That was me. That, <laughs> oh, was, that was your voice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so we did this thing where Jeremy actually. I'll t- little lesson for people. So, one of the things that we've done with LinkedIn, this is fun. We're just shooting ideas around. Um, yeah. uh, one time we did this thing where we picked like 15 accounts and we just did filmed videos of Jeremy in a suit by our fireplace. And we did like a masterpiece theater kind of intro. And it was yes. me being like, hello, this is a video from Jeremy Levier from Lead IQ. <laughs> like, but like, I just like over enunciated and stuff when I was doing the video. It was great. <laughs> but what, what Jeremy would do is he would just, it was basically a personalized message where he wouldn't pitch lead IQ that much. He'd talk more about the prospect, but the message was so short that the intro and the outro were longer than the entire video. So like, it was just kind of like, it'd be like, this is a message from Jeremy. Then he'd say the message and it'd be like 10 seconds. And then like, this has been a message from Jeremy and go back out. Um, we did that with a bunch of prospects and booked a ton of meetings doing it. Um, we just put it out online. The thing that we learned from that campaign is if you make videos for prospects and you put it out on social, do it for the account. Don't do it for the individual because the individual will feel like they're getting harassed. Um, oh, fair. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like he did one for like one person at X company. I won't say which company it was. And like, yeah, yeah. they literally like message us be like, I'm getting harassed by everybody about this video. Cause like you got like, 10, and we're like, we're really sorry. We'll remove you from the tag, blah, blah, blah. And 
Um, yeah, we never worked with them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, man. But, well, but win you, some, lose some. The risk, <laughs> which it paid off. I mean, the dude got a lot of attention, which was, I guess, your goal, right? Well, yeah. the goal, I mean, yeah, the initial goal was actually get a meeting. The thing is, we did get meetings out of some of the other ones when we did it for the individual. And then I took that lesson and did another campaign. Um, I did this campaign. People have probably seen these videos where um, I was wearing a tuxedo and I tried to try out to be a spokesperson for different companies. And it's about the company. We basically, I was like, well, don't do the individual. Let's do the company. And what's cool is like, I'll go make one for LogMeIn and I'll go look at my views and click in and I can see that 1,200 of my views came from people at LogMeIn. So I know someone took the video that I put on LinkedIn saying, hey, I don't know anyone at LogMeIn, but I'm trying out to be a spokesperson for them. Can you help me get their attention? And everyone goes and tags it. The cool mm. part is, the cool part is like, we got like, we got like eight people tagging managers and they just direct message us and say, yeah, we'll take a meeting. So like it, it does work. It just happens ABM. offline in the meeting. ABM account-based marketing is the, quite literally your marketing on LinkedIn. That's Maybe we should invent a new acronym, ABS, account-based social. <laughs> Ooh, abs, abs. Ooh, abs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What, so, many, so many nuggets being dropped right now. Um, so, <laughs> maybe, so much potential with that name in the marketing. Maybe too many uh, nuggets. I, <laughs> we're dropping, we're dropping a full 20 piece here for people. Um, so, so you send people a video. Um, what do you do? You, mm-hmm. What do you use to set? What were you using like Vidyard or something or LinkedIn video? Uh, neither. I was using drift because it was free. Okay. Well, Mohit, uh, Mo, Mo what was, what was the, the no for? Uh, I, I was utilizing, uh, like LinkedIn on, um, on the mobile app. They used to have the ability for you to send videos. So that's yeah. they took it away. Can you you can't do it anymore? I last time I checked, it was just audio. But oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know that they AB. T- I, I don't know. LinkedIn's a big company. I only have limited bandwidth. But I mean, leveraging like voice notes, just, like the the thing is, I think Samantha McKenna. She's a LinkedIn. Uh, I, I don't want to call her an influencer, but she's a sales consultant. Um, but she yeah. had a big LinkedIn following, and she said, "Show me you know me." The best way to do that is. Hey, I saw you on LinkedIn or like, I like that. The fact that you like puppies, for example, something like that. And if it's a voice, then it'll be like, Oh, it's not just a spray and pray. It's not like someone's using some LinkedIn automation tool. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll build off that a little bit. The other cool part is if you get that interaction with someone on LinkedIn, because you're not selling to them on LinkedIn, go sell to them in the other channels after, and they'll recognize your name. I mean, you guys must have, when you interact with somebody or follow them on LinkedIn and engage with their posts, I bet your open rates are really high when you write an email to them, right? Sometimes. It also depends on like what your email copy is. I'm still trying, like sure. we're, we're trying to optimize that right now. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like so, subliminal messaging, right? So the more frequently they'll see your name, mm-hmm. y- you polarize them one way or another, whether it's they open it and they're like, great, let's book a meeting or like stay the F away from me. I'm not interested. So sometimes you start with a video and then you shoot an email to them saying, I had a, I had a subject line, whatever it was the guy in the Hawaiian shirt from LinkedIn. That was literally the subject. And I booked the meeting that way. I assume you wore a Hawaiian shirt in the video, right? Of okay. course. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't so just a it, random subject. <laughs> no, no, it was, it, you know, it was truly that. And I linked the video back. I'm like, I'm not sure, Nora, if you saw this, but I'm the guy that sent you that video. And she replied in like five minutes. 
with with b2b i feel like with like linkedin a lot of executives get spammed on linkedin and like they'll just do like the disgusting connect and pitch which i mean to be fair i have been guilty of i'm not saying i'm, I'm above that but mm-hmm. over time we're evolving as salespeople, and naturally selling is evolving too so i mean i'm, I'm curious i'm going to sw- uh flip the script if you will where do you guys think the the future of selling is going and how can someone get your attention oh man you're you're giving me a, you're giving me one of my favorite things to talk about do you want to go first arthur or you want me to <laughs> i think it's directly towards you man <laughs> okay all right all right guys <laughs> this is gonna sound bad but hear me out one of the biggest problems that's happening in sales today is that response rates are less than 3% when you cold call somebody. I have this all figured out. All right, response rates are less than 3% when you cold call someone. So if you call 100 people, you'll connect with three. And that three is slowly turned into two and eventually it'll be one and then it'll be none. I mean, we all get calls from numbers on our phone that you don't know, what do you do? You hit the side button. Sometimes you hit it three times or five times and then it calls 911 and you're like, oh crap. But, um, (laughs) But anyway, you hit the side button to get off that phone call, right? Um, you get cold email. The problem is most people used to do internal communication with their company through email, but more and more companies are buying chat applications like Slack or Microsoft Teams. So if you're corresponding on Microsoft Teams or Slack or one of those places, you're not looking at your inbox as much. So you might only check your email once a day. You check your email only once a day. You're getting flooded with automated messages because every time that someone sends bad outreach, it teaches prospects to ignore it. Eventually, there's going to be a problem where there's a ton of reasons why this happens. I think the overarching reason is that reps spend too much time on low-level activities, things that they shouldn't be doing. Like, for example, data entry, making making things, connecting applications, pushing stuff in between all the different apps. Average rep uses nine tools to put, to make a, a meeting in Salesforce, which is that. ridiculous. It's insane. That's that's a real staff of Gartner. Don't sue me, Gartner. Arthur's my lawyer. <laughs> don't sue me i have legal help from arthur here uh guy, guy in a white shirt <laughs> from brooklyn um, that's what it's, uh, so here's where here's where it's going the future of selling is going to be focused on things like cold email and cold outreach that stuff's going to get more and more personalization for that's going to get better and better and eventually that will start dwindling the future of selling is going to be a group of people sitting in a room, Don Draper style, and saying, what are we going to do to break into this account? And you're literally going to have an ad agency of a team figuring out, how do I do that ABS, as you guys called it, but not ad, not social, but how do I break into this account? And the amount of thought and care that you're going to put into it will be, will be the amount that a company puts into making a Super Bowl ad or launching a whole campaign. And getting that content seen is going to be handled by sales reps. And that's what, that's what outreach and all this stuff is going to turn into. So sales becomes marketing. Yes, except instead of sale marketing spending their time saying, I'm going to run this Google ad at $500,000 worth of people and hope that this, this, what, this 2% lands with people and they actually convert, I'll spend my effort and my time saying, I'm going to spend $500,000 breaking into Salesforce or breaking into Slack or breaking into LogMeIn, or breaking into LinkedIn, or any of these companies that you're targeting. That's what it could turn into. And that's like that's like 50 years from now what sales is going to look like, for prospecting at least. It seems like right now, at least, like there's more, I mean, sales and marketing are slowly converging under like the umbrella of like revenue operations. So I feel like you're not, like it's already happening. We just, 
need to put more embrace it yeah, exactly put more of an emphasis on it and well, the sales okay. talent's heading that way too by the way because sales talent the people that are becoming sales reps today are now usually people that try to be creative and failed like they try creative jobs or they maybe yeah. they want they want to be a musician or they want to write or they want to do something like that and they don't get it so they move into sales yeah there's actually yeah. one person at Adverity that i can think of uh who is an sdr and she yeah she did like broadway stuff in undergrad like what were you gonna say yeah oh like i mean i used to be a marketer well i mean i can't like once a marketer always a marketer you have to think like a marketer but act like a salesperson that's what i say because a lot of the skills are very transferable like my emails they're very like copy based Mm -hmm. um and then so like i'll study copywriting i'll study some like sales letters i like to sign up for webinars believe it or not once in a while once in a while um, of like what successful B2C marketers are doing and then try and emulate those. A good way to think about it, and I always approached my BDR job like this when I had it, was I always approached it like I was doing learning how to do marketing, but for one person at a time. And if you think like that, mm. you'll, you'll have more fun with your job too. You kind of are though, because in in my previous gig at Momentum, uh, formerly known as SurveyMonkey, uh, Arthur and I uh, used to work together and some of our leads would come from events, which would be uh, driven from the marketing team. So you'll, you'll see the conversions right now. And I think that there's a huge re- emphasis right now on LinkedIn events. So maybe that is like a channel of the future in like three to six months. Who knows? One thing I'm curious about is can LinkedIn continue to drive consumers onto LinkedIn to spend time looking at content? Cause like I'm mm. in the sales space, I'm deep in it. Like I'm, all my customers and all the people I'm trying to reach are on LinkedIn because they live on LinkedIn all day. I'm curious if like, if you're a network admin, are you only going on LinkedIn if you're updating your resume? Are you actually, are they actually going on there? If anyone's watching this and you've had success with that, I want to hear about it. Hit me up about it. I don't know. Cause like my feed is very similar to yours where it's all just salespeople or marketing mm-hmm. people. So, I mean, given my, my feed, I don't know. Um, and I mean, if you're an IT guy, like you have no trouble, like what's the point of LinkedIn, you know, like a lot of my friends that are in, in the like software engineers, they don't care. Or maybe they'll spend more time on Twitter or on Facebook. It depends which field you're in. My brother's actually a product manager and he, he's fairly active. Um, I think to Ryan's point, he does use it mostly for that job hunting networking piece, but there's definitely a lot of potential. And I think it's, if uh, LinkedIn becomes kind of like TikTok, you might be able to, they might be able to draw people in, but I don't think they're quite there yet. Yeah. I, I, I will tell you this though. The nice part is I know from talking to other executives at companies, cause I like getting conversations with them. They mentor, mentor me and stuff. More and more companies are pushing executives to be putting content on LinkedIn and building a brand because it helps with recruiting. Mm-hmm. It helps with the company. It helps with building up thought leadership at your company. People don't buy from companies. They buy from people. So if you can build a face there and expose those people, you're going to do a lot of great things on that end. Guys, we're kind of getting up at time, I think, for what we want to do for this thing because I'm probably going to sneak it onto our podcast feed while also mm-hmm. clipping it. But um, do you want to plug anything? I know... Arthur, do you probably have a lot of stuff you want to plug, right? 
Yeah, it's quite a bit I got to plug. So I am working as a consultant, but uh, I am putting myself out there looking for account exec roles out in New York City. So if anybody from Google or Snowflake or Lead IQ or <laughs> or uh, Oracle or any of these uh, larger tech brands uh, are listening, drop me a line. <laughs> I really appreciate you comparing Lead IQ to Google and Oracle. I'll take that. I, I mean, that, it's not like you're on the podcast. So that, if that happens, <laughs> if that happens, I'll uh, if that happens, I'll probably never have to work again. Uh, Mohit, what about you? <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh, I love everyone to connect with me, particularly if so. The company I work for is called Adverity. This is just my own brand. But if you're like a tech marketer, or if you're a marketer in general that wants to stitch together all of your ad channels to understand your where exactly your ad dollars are going and how to improve that. I'd love to chat. Um, just drop me a line, mohit.astana at verity.com or just connect with me on LinkedIn and just keep killing it. Yeah, I like that. Well, not too violent. Let's be peaceful here. One last thing I want to plug. <laughs> this, video, this, this video is brought to you by my laundry in the background. So don't say that. If you guys want to know the dirty laundry on me, look behind. Now you know everything. Is it also sponsored by Tide? Uh, I'm more of a joy guy, to be honest with you. Joy is Fair my enough. detergent of choice. Tide is, but let the record show that I do respect Procter and Gamble. And if they would like to take a meeting with Weed IQ, we would, we would engage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Procter and Gamble also owns Joy, so it's okay. All right, but well, that's enough for now. Um, thank you very much, guys, for doing this. We'll talk to you soon. Of course, cool.